Hey everybody, welcome back to Pretending With Dice. Uh, as always, I'm your host, AJ. Um, today we're doing uh, yet another world-building episode, although it is the first one of the year. Uh, we've had a lot of interviews recently, but no world-building, so um, I thought it'd be good to sort of jump back into that. Uh, I'm joined today uh, by Eden. Hello, hello. How's it going? Yeah, all good. Ready for some more world-building, and mm. I will... Yeah, I'm ready to be the sounding board and <laughs> to guide new players and old alike through the realm of Valana. Yeah, I mean, the last one we did was the Frostfire Festival one back in um, December. Did we put that in December? I think it was. My my sense of time and perspective has completely gone to pieces <laughs> in the last few months, thanks uh, to lockdown, yeah. and I genuinely have lost all perspective on when we talked about this thing. <laughs> it was a little while, but it, it, was, it definitely was last year, let's put it that way. <laughs> which doesn't narrow it down a huge amount just yeah um but yeah today's uh world building episode is going to be a little different to uh previous ones previous ones we've kind of focused on like one specific thing as a kind of um like okay let's talk about like surrounding countries or we're going to talk about this festival or we're going to talk about hitting a few of the prompts in the world anvil you know comp you know uh, community challenge thing today's one instead is going to be kind of a bit of a reintroduction to the setting as a whole um because i kind of i've been thinking for a while that we never really gave like a concrete sort of okay here's the wider world sort of thing we kind of straight away went straight in on like let's come up with some towns rather <laughs> than sort of setting the wider kind of um the wider sort of world um i think we're beyond um beyond you having um that's not a sentence. You know what I mean. We're, we're way past you <laughs> having done a sort of uh, wider setting of the stage, as it were. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of written, I've written myself a little script. <laughs> Some of this stuff we've, uh, that we're going to be talking about, we have talked about before on the podcast, you know, in these episodes specifically, or it might be stuff that we've kind of mentioned while playing the game. So obviously, that was viewers who haven't heard, uh, viewers, listeners who haven't heard one of these before, uh, all of our D&D storylines are set in our own setting, and which, you know, the setting we're talking about. Um, so, of course, stuff that we've uh, talked about on these does come up in game. Uh, so yeah, some of the stuff, some of the stuff we're going to be talking about is going to sound familiar. Some of it's going to be completely new because uh, I wrote it half an hour ago, and uh, yeah, then we're going to kind of bounce off of that and see what we can develop from there. Um, so yeah, I'll just launch into my little kind of um, blurb thing that I've written. Then, cool. so I'm going to start things off. Uh, this is sort of a name that we haven't heard before, but our, the the wider world in which our setting is is the world of Altea. It's the second planet of seven in its solar system. It's kind of Earth-like in both sort of size and climate. It's got a single large moon, which is known as Arn, uh, and it's got a thin shimmering orbital ring of rock and ice, uh, which has got like a kind of multitude of names among various cultures and things, but it's known uh, among the people of Valana as the Shimmer Path. Uh, the recorded history of the world, uh, Altea, begins around 9,000 years before our current time uh, with the emergence of the sort of forebears of the current uh, people of the world uh, following the end of an untold and unrecorded period of cataclysmic change in the world, uh, which is kind of only known today to scholars, really, but it's called the Time of Fire, where nobody really knows how long it went on for. All they know is it was... It was pretty pretty bad. <laughs> the, the world changed a lot in that time, and that's a really recorded history. Only starts sort of as that was sort of winding down, and people were sort of venturing out into the world again um, in the into the first of the sort of three recorded ages of the world, uh, the age of awakening. Um, 
this the, that first age the age of awakening went on for nearly six thousand years um we haven't got a lot of details in that <laughs> our world anvil timeline literally has it starts at this point it ends at this point and there's no events in between that i've written down so far um pretty much oh no, i've first settlement of the elven capital i've got down as being in that and that is the one event i've got in there um so there's plenty of scope there for expansion and things but, but the idea of my head is sort of you know civilizations rise and fall you know spreading across exploring all, all of that kind of thing is a sort of new kind of exploring the new changed world basically is, is what i'm sort of thinking in that age mm-hmm. um Following the Age of Awakening, um, the, the sort of the rise of more and more powerful magic users, um, many of whom use their powers to claim sort of dominion over their lands, the kind of the Second Age began, which is the Age of Arcane Might. And we've definitely talked about some stuff from this before. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a sort of time of like kind of monumental sort of deeds and changes as the land sort of fell under the sort of sway of, you know, kind of unchecked magical ambition and things and a lot of stuff went wrong <laughs> as you know wizards and magic users are just as um just as selfish as anybody else really but with like the power of the power of magic behind it you know it, it was it's you know a bit of a crazy time i think we could say <laughs> oh absolutely yeah no the, the previous episode where we talked about it at length and uh, in particular talked about the auric wastes and mm. kind of a hint of what had happened there perhaps little hints of some of the things that had happened there yeah definitely a time where saying boo to the wrong person might get you incinerated yeah. or something who knows <laughs> <laughs> um that age went on for nearly 1700 years we've got i've got kind of in my timeline um but it's sort of the last couple of hundred it was sort of I guess, I don't want to say winding down, if you know what I mean, but um, following like sort of series of magical catastrophes, including like, the, like we said, the one that formed the auric waste and things, a lot of the really, really powerful magical laws were either sort of killed or they just sort of disappeared without a trace. Um, so kind of a bit more of a sort of lasting and sort of mundane peace was able to sort of come around as like, okay, we're maybe not having to be under the thumb of these, <laughs> these wizards, wizards so much anymore. Um, <laughs> So as that sort of came to a close, we came into the third age of our world, um, what's known in the kingdom of Valana as the age of unification. And that's the age that we're currently in. Uh, we are in the year 1307 of the age of unification. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not to say that it was a, you know, it's been an age of peace at all. I mean, there's definitely been wars. There's been, you know, as much death and everything as before. There's just no longer like huge sort of, completely overpowered wizards flying around in there <laughs> doing their thing just being like bam i'm gonna take out this part of the continent because a dude who lives there snubbed me somehow you know <laughs> yeah. a bit less of that um so yeah that's kind of the ages of the world um i feel like i, I yeah we, we, we can we can check back in once i've gone through all of this sort of stuff um but let, let's give a bit of a, a sort of overview of the kind of wider world and sort of what it's like, because we've really only focused on kind of like a little corner of one continent before. So I wanted to give a bit of a sort of wider kind of view on that. I have sent you my JPEG <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the unfinished world map. So you've got a little, at least got something to refer to. Um, Indeed. Yeah. And where we focused on, um, forgive my pronunciation, if this is bad, if this is bad, Atron. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> I've been going a troon, but I mean, I, I'm I'm not that great at I, you know. Sometimes I'm 
I mean, I haven't put one on now. If, yeah. if it's an um. Yeah, we need to. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I'm not that great at picking the right umlauted or accented letter to go into things. I'm um, not really yeah. a, a linguist so much. As like, oh, that looks cool, it, kind of writer. <laughs> it, it's a tiny bit of the world. If it, when as and when this map is available for other people to look at, this place that we have had things taking place in it, in the grand scheme of the world itself, it's it's pretty small. Yeah, it's like France-sized in in like global terms, shall mm. we say? To look at the, yeah, yeah. the scope and scale of the entire map, there, I, th I think that fits into about the size of France. Well, I'll tell you exactly how I scaled that. Was like I, <laughs> I downloaded a map of Earth, and I was like, well, I want it to be about the size of Germany, <laughs> what with the country <laughs> we're in. So I scaled that down. I over literally overlaid it. Was like I scaled this down to how Germany is on the world, and we will go from there. That's basically how I started it. There we go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's break down these continents then. So. Um, We'll start, I think, uh, in the the sort of the most the northernmost continent, which is the the frozen wastes of uh, Arctic Rime. Um, I've I've kind of I haven't got a lot sort of planned out for this continent really at the moment. Only the kind of vague idea that when the last time I watched the first Thor movie, where there's all the kind of frozen ruins on the frost giant planet, I was like, oh, that'd be cool to have something like that in the setting. So I'm going to put that there. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's uh, it's sort of mostly it's it's kind of an Arctic sort of frozen sort of Siberian kind of wilderness sort of thing. Um, but it does have a kind of uh, southern sort of peninsula which does dip down into the lower latitudes. And I've kind of referred to this in a couple of the articles that I've written so far. But um, there's been a history of sort of um, raiders coming across the sea from Arctic Rime to sort of attack uh, mm -hmm. the peoples of, of Atrun. Um, kind of in a Viking sort of thing, but um, not actually Vikings. You, you know, what I mean, it's just yeah, kind of it's it, yeah, they're they're basically Vikings. <laughs> well, I mean, if we, I, I always like to lean towards thinking on human nature, and <clears throat> especially where we've talked about these ones in the past, and like I, you know, me, I always lean towards like what's the surrounding world, what's the political fallout that's going to come from the way that people live and everything, and living in a hard bitten place like that where probably going to have seasons where you can grow things and then a lot of time when you really can't those times when you can't you're going to have to do something yeah and that's when the raiding parties go yeah, rowing a boat over the sea even if it's a you know a couple hundred miles or not necessarily even rowing you know sailing and and raiding and, and bringing back the spoils rather than trying to farm dirt you know yeah <laughs> it's going to be uh it's going to be an ongoing thing i think like i say i kind of um i haven't really mapped out any you know exact points where that happened only i think i mentioned it maybe as something that happened during the reign of one of the kings or something that, that was a big problem and that but I, I feel like that could that's kind of an ongoing concern if you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so yeah further south of south of arcturan we have uh we mentioned it the continent of atrun which is home to our sort of main setting uh of valana um, along with many other varied nations and peoples, <laughs> mainly because that's the stuff that we've had, you know, that's the time we've put into really was like, let's come up with a bunch of nations to go here. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's, we got the most detail on that continent really. Um, it makes sense. It's where we've been playing as it were. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, at this point we haven't had a need for me to come up with the details of a tiny island thousands of miles away in the <laughs> across the sea but we have maybe needed to know what the next town is going to be you know yeah so yeah um so further to this i mean we will we'll come back to waitering definitely because we've sort of 
talked about it before and we will continue to talk about it so um yeah moving on then so further to the south uh we have um with its northernmost coastline kind of marking the equator uh we have the continent of liadranor it's a land of sort of in my head i mean because i mean yeah peek behind the curtain here on the map it's some green on some blue basically at the moment <laughs> it's a splodge of green on a blue which meant to mean a continent on our sea but in my head i've got it as a kind of I don't want to say like an Africa analog, but a little bit. There's kind of, but like there's more kind of um, some sort of great mountain ranges and sort of big sort of untouched plains. I'm kind of thinking it's it's a kind of not uninhabited continent, but maybe it's a sort of mixture of like the Australia thing where there's some cities around the edge and that, but a lot of it is untouched sort of thing. Um, well, if it's if it's the kind of temperature and everything of Africa or Australia, then yeah, it makes perfect sense. You wouldn't mm. want to be on the in, interior of the uh, the continent because otherwise, yeah, what are you going to grow? What are you going to eat? Yeah. You're just going to bake. So maybe the, there's a couple of cities sort of on the kind of equator bit, and there's and it, it's sort of tough enough there, but maybe on the southern reaches of the continent are trickier to get to. So while they are a bit more temperate and a bit more friendly temperature, very few people have headed down there, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we can dig down into that. Um, so uh, in the West, we I've finally named the ocean. <laughs> we have the... Uh, oh, God, I, I typed it out. And this is another case of me going, let's slam some letters together. Um, the, Hello, mail? The, uh, the Airy Aerion. Oh, yeah. The Airy... Yeah, whatever. That's going to get renamed, probably. The Aerion... <laughs> you know, actually, I think what I did, I went on a um, an Elvish language dictionary. So that probably actually does mean something. But again, I was slamming syllables together on there, so probably not a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know Elvish particularly well. First three letters just make me think of air and like elemental properties, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but... I, think, I think that's kind of what I was going for. Like, <laughs> um, it does mean something. I will look it up. I, I should have made a note of it, um, but I didn't because you know. Um, yeah, it's whatever. Um, yeah, it's whatever. Um, but yeah, we've got the Arion, um, uh Ocean uh, in the sort of. In the northern hemisphere, we have the kind of again. I've sort of written as like an insular sort of tundra place, but there's the sort of smaller continent of Varamir, um, which I don't know. I've, I don't know what I've kind of got in mind. Maybe like a kind of again. It's sort of in the place of Iceland, really, on the map. If we're thinking of Atrunas, Europe, but um, it's a kind of northern sort of tundra-y sort of. It's not quite as far north as Arctic rhymes. It's not quite as cold in in parts of it, but. Yeah, maybe I did like a kind of Nova Scotia style, <laughs> sort of, yeah. Um, I don't really know. I, I don't have a lot planned out for that so much at the moment. I mean, mo most of these places are just, I've got a name for them, sort of thing. Yeah, and it, it is hard, especially because ultimately, like, you know enough about sort of planetary makeup to some extent to, to like, look at that and go, there has to be a logic to, like, the yeah. temperature of these places and as a, like there's there's a lot of cause and effect in terms of like well there's only so much framing so far out of the frame you can go as it were mm. when you know that like well this is going to be a place that's probably icy part of the year and it's got this kind of temperate and that means it's probably got this kind of animals and this kind of farmland and yeah it all spills out from that yeah i think if, if anything my knowledge of planetary stuff is probably a bit of a hindrance in making a fantasy setting <laughs> <laughs> Because I can look at it and go like, oh, that doesn't make sense, though. You know, <laughs> that should be cold there. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I don't want to, like, say that this is something we're going to do or that, like, you necessarily want to do. But you can always go a bit wild with something that's far, far away from anything that we're going to play and kind of have it be like, yes, this area is controlled by 
such and such force from the past and like it might logically appear to be this place on the map but when when you're there oh it's a very different feeling hmm. i quite like that actually that's yeah, yeah. We, i mean we, we can narrow that down and come up with something for that i like that as a concept though that like do you mean like a people that were thought to have been wiped out or whatever and you get there and they're like no nah, man we're still here get off our yeah, land or, you know <laughs> yeah, ancient technology that's still powering something uh, i mean i'm a yeah. little bit inspired by something like pillars of attorney which features a very strong through line of there is all kinds of technology all over the world and nobody understands how it un works anymore and somebody switched it back on and hmm. seems to know how it works i'm all for that though because that that we can tie back to any number i mean where i've given us sort of nine thousand years of lead up basically like who knows what who lived whatever built what and then they just civilization collapsed and they've still got a thing under the ground so you know, when you've some got a kind lot of, of arcane like, might, you can go anywhere on the on the world. Probably you can travel across the plains yeah. once you've got enough power. So I mean, it doesn't it, matter where on the globe it is; it it can be influenced by any number of different factors. I mean, it's not even a spoiler because they they found it. But like, it, I mean, it's literally the story. But of the current D and D thing is where they went underground and there's the giant sphere thing there, and they're like, "What the hell is this thing?" You know. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I feel like yeah, that's not going to be an isolated isolated thing like you say especially given 1700 years of like wizards doing crazy shit um yeah but i'm just thinking in terms of like you could have something on a real scale of like not maybe maybe not necessarily a whole continent but maybe a whole continent could be under the influence of something mm. to allow you to sort of like really go a little bit wilder than perhaps the uh the limits of logic would have you uh yeah it's, it's a get out of a get out of um get out of science free card for me pretty much i like to have a lot of those in my hand when i'm playing these kinds of games <laughs> yeah that no, makes sense um so uh yeah then further into the west we have uh i've got sort of two continents here so in the in the northern hemisphere we got anfelinar which i've given the subtitle because i guess when i wrote these names i was feeling like storytellery of the scorched lands um mm -hmm. I think I had an idea of like a whole continent is sort of, or at least the bits that people have visited have all been so uninhabitable. People have gone like, oh, this place is fucked. We don't want to go here. Look out. <laughs> Back on the boat and <laughs> pick another direction, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it was like, it's all sort of like just a burnt husk of landmass or whatever, or whether it was just like such a, like I say, a tough, inhospitable bit to get to the interior. Like maybe, maybe that entire eastern coast is like, like an almost impassable mountain range and the bits mm. that people have gotten to have been like full of dragons or something <laughs> you know? and they're oh, just like I, oh this place this is this is no fun let's you know let, let's I'm make just let my imagination run with this for a second i just did i like the idea of maybe you could have like an indigenous people who at some point in their past had interaction with people traveling from afar and coming to their coast mm. and the, they had some sort of negative experience or that they decided that you know what it's just not worth it and we've got a lot of land we can just move a couple of miles in from the coast and if we nurture the edge of the world as it were to be really inhospitable if we aim to make that place horrible over generations and generations and generations you could get to a point where yeah there could well be a society further inland that nobody's aware of so they're almost playing a trick on people from outside because people from outside come over there and go well this place looks terrible but if you go over yeah. the next hill it's really nice <laughs> that's it it's it, like you, you make sure that the eyeline from a few miles in inland from the coast like all of the eyeline is just terrible it's just terrible everywhere you look you don't want to go any further but yeah, yeah. As I say over the right hill over behind the, that mountain range yeah good times over there <laughs> 
either that or like it actually is pretty scarred but there's some isolated pockets that like are tough to get to like sort of deep in like kind of deep valleys and crevices and that it's it's almost like a kind of like lost world like um oh what's the thing from x-men the um, oh, um the savage land. savage land yeah it's almost like yeah. savage land kind of thing where it's sort of deep deep kind of valleys and that there's kind of hidden oases and things where it's just like mm. oh it's really nice here the rest of the place sucks, but this, you know. <laughs> yeah, it could be like there's a canyon network that runs across the continent or something, mm. and that within those canyons, that's like, it's cool enough. There's enough, like, moisture traps down there for plant life to grow. Yeah, yeah, I like that as an idea. Yeah. There's something to expand on anyway. Um, so that's in, that's in the Northern Hemisphere and Felonar. Um, and then the sort of counterpart in the Southern Hemisphere is Palera, the land of uncountable islands. Um which I had in mind as a kind of shattered continent where maybe all of the islands were the peaks of like a huge mountain range, but the whole continent is kind of sunk. And so now it's just thousands upon thousands of islands, but it's really just, it's, it's, you know, it's the, the peaks of like a huge mountain range sticking up sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't really got, I mean, I like the idea that, that, you know, there's that many islands. I'm not saying this is, you know, this is definitely not uninhabited. If anything, this would be a fun place where it's like, this is, is a, you know, it's uncountable islands. There's uncountable civilizations sort of just, you know, yeah. hey, this is our island. We're Depending totally different how- to the guys a mile over the water there. And we don't know anything about people four miles over the water that way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sort Depending on how, how long it's been that all of these sort of like islands have been there, so to speak, and stopped being mountains. Um, you could have like a really extreme version of the Galapagos where like mm. there are a lot of different variants of like, hey, there's the deer from this island and it looks totally different to the deer on the next island over. But like if, if you knew your genomes and all that kind of stuff, so to speak, and you could trace it back well, sort of thing. Yeah, you could look at it and go, okay, they definitely share a common ancestor. Like, and, and somebody with a big brain could probably travel those lands mm. and Darwin style look at them and <laughs> be like, hmm. <laughs> we need to find our uh, Valan and Darwin, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Except magic is real. So at some point there is a magic thing involved and the gods are real. So yeah. that just complicates yeah. things even more. <laughs> That's it. It could, could just be that this, this place is disparate because yeah, there's a whole bunch of gods that are vying for these islands and they're all messing with them in their own different way. Oh no, I like that idea. Like they've all got their, it's almost like all the gods are like experimenting sort of thing. Be mm-hmm. like, no, this should be, this is the island. The, the God of war is like, I will claim this island for, you know, it's only the, the victor of, you know, countless sort of strife will will be lord of the this island or even if it's just like a series of little islands i've been playing a lot of assassin's creed odyssey mm-hmm. and like i think so there's like a lot of i don't know warriors come from all over to sort of test their metal on the um the fucking fighting islands or something yeah um, it's like an island full of apex predators yeah yeah over like so, so not just yeah not just like uh, sentient people but like like you say, only apex predators, but like enough people come there to fight each other that the predators get on just fine because there's mm-hmm. plenty of people there <laughs> trying to kill each other um, that they can just pick off. Uh, I like that. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we need to put a bit more thought into it than just like <laughs> it's an island with nothing but T Rexes and weirdos with swords <laughs> trying to, trying to nice murder each other. Like, you could have that be like the central island in a series, perhaps, and that on each of the islands surrounding it is different warring tribes and what have you, and that each of them considers this place their testing ground. Mm. And that there's like... <laughs> 
they fight over the 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 right to go and get killed on the island or <laughs> oh each island sends their representative to become king of the like each island in the chain sends their strongest warrior and then the one survivor is then like the representative of all the all of the islands in the chain for a year or something mm. it's like it, perhaps that could have come about through like a begrudging peace process that the, the the leaders of the tribes at one point they were just killing each other indiscriminately and they realized that that was probably not helping them that enough of them were dying on that island as it was so we need some sort of system probably just keep dying on the island and stop killing each other yeah. i feel like there's a lot to drill down into there as like a potential sort of like hey here's a weird place you could stumble across sort of thing oh yeah, yeah. lots of different angles lots of different political potentials and reasons for each of the uh, the different factions to sort of be involved in it hmm um, so I've got one more kind of major uh, landmass to talk about. I've, the map, has, uh, I've sent you, I'd say, it's not finished. There's a lot of bits I'm going to cut down, take out, and things and everything. But the major landmass I've got left is, uh, again, sort of heading west then from Palera and Liadranor, so uh, about midway between them and um, uh, Palera and, and Felonar, sorry. So sort of halfway between them and Liadranor, we have uh, uh, Ervanon. E-R-V-A-N-O-N um, is what I've called it. Again, I haven't said most of these names out loud because I've written them at three o'clock in the morning going, that looks vaguely fantasy-like. Um, <laughs> this is like the George Lucas, like, hey, you, you can write it, you can't say it sort of thing. Um, but I'm calling it Irvinon for now. Yeah, let's go Irvinon, whatever. Um, and this was another one where I kind of had in, in my mind as like, it's a really kind of Australia-like uh, apologies to Australian listeners um, inhospitable place <laughs> um, where because it's sort of straddling the equator it, it but doesn't extend quite as far south as Liadranor it's like uh, it's, it's either tropical heat or like a scorching desert basically in the middle um, so yeah again maybe sort of some outlying uh, cities or outposts or whatever but a lot of the interior is kind of like yeah you don't want to be there man it's no fun sort of thing <laughs> It's just too intense. Yeah. Um, but there's like a big like Burning Man style festival or something there. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, no, that, that I pulled out of nowhere for now. You know, lit in the moment then. Um, <laughs> let, let's not put that on record. But um, It's all good. Yeah. When it comes to this stuff, yeah, we, we can throw these ideas at the wall. Everything that we've said <laughs> so far is like, it's broad concepts of like, well, these things could all happen in these places. Yeah. Well, maybe I mean it has to have some redeeming thing. So maybe it's like the best, the best, um, like Irvin on iron or something is like forged in the fires of the equator or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not iron, well, but you know, um, if it's a combination of say tropical and desert, then there could be things like spices. There could mm. be rare, rare kind of plant plant life that grows. That kind of stuff could be good for alchemical use, and that that yeah. could be its place within the kind of. It, I mean, obviously, we haven't. You haven't set the standard on this, but like, how much interconnectivity is there between these locations? Like, because um, there are some fairly large distances between them, but we are in the world of magic and like special transportation and all the rest of it. Yeah, so I'd, distance isn't necessarily such a big deal. I, I think we're. Um, I mean, we've kind of kept it a bit sort of um, vague as to what the level of technology is in a lot of things, because I'm, I'm, and that's purposefully really because I do want to keep the fantasy thing, but at the same time. I have totally introduced flying galleons with cannons. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, there's definitely, they're, they're not like um, 
fantastical thing, you know, places that people think of as, you know, oh, that's not a real place, you know. Although there might be one or two kind of people who, you know, it's definitely going to be people who are thinking like that. But oh, yeah, there's always the yokel. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're not unknown far... I mean, they're far off, but they're not, like, fully unknown places sort of thing, you know. There is a bit of travel. There is... I mean, we're, we're, as I say, we're 9,000 years into um, the sort of recorded history, which is sort of... I mean, if we count our... I don't know, where do you count our recorded history? Start of ancient Egyptians? Start of, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's hard to say. It's not even been 9,000 years since then sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, it, it, we, we can play with the technology level a bit, but I feel like, yeah, the, these places are visited, maybe not that mm-hmm. often by different people, you know, depending where you're starting from. Um, but it's not unheard of to be able to, like I, you know, I need, I want to charter a ship. We're going to Irvinon or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Um, might okay. be a, t- a bit tough journey, you know, of you know many weeks and yeah. months or whatever. But it's not like, uh, you know, the world has been explored to a certain extent, sort of thing. There's definitely mm-hmm. huge amounts of it that you know are completely untouched and you know have never seen people. But I feel like. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, at least in, on a scholarly level, people have got an idea of coastlines. Maybe you know, people. There's so there's, no, there's yeah. a reasonable chance for people, kind of like the occasional person that's ended up on a ship, ending up on a different continent and living oh, yeah. their life. Yeah, for sure, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's it, we're not fully no nowhere's fully insular. Like I, said, I think I think um, we sort of I'd specifically said that maybe um, the one in the sort of northern hemisphere. What did I call it? Um, Varamir, that maybe that's insular on purpose, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but and again, and Fallon, maybe they're trying to keep people out, like you say. But um, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, no, there, there's plenty of scope for people traveling and going, like, well, I didn't, you know, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna strike out a new, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start a new life in the in the uncountable islands, sort of thing. You know, it's it's not um not beyond the realms of possibility. Oh. Um. So that's kind of my uh, that's that's my geography lesson. Um, <laughs> uh, more specifically, though, our, our kind of uh, setting really has been uh, centered around uh, the Kingdom of Valana, which is a, a pretty large country uh, on the northwestern coastline of uh, the temperate continent of Etrune, which we briefly mentioned. Uh, it shares borders uh, with the nations of Ashala, Eralia, uh, um, uh, Sarvea, Onus, Ostermark, and Ruvard. Uh, we had a whole episode on that, so go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it before. Or go back and listen again if you love the sound of our smooth, smooth radio voices. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, we, we went into quite a lot of detail about all the neighbouring um, nations in another episode. But um, yeah, Indeed. Valana, it's a, it's a land of kind of rolling hills and fields, mountain peaks, great rivers. It's got a fairly you know thriving sort of civilization with quite a lot of history to it. I mean, the... The land, um, you know, it's it being the sort of central bit of our setting, we've kind of come up with a lot of things that have happened in it and that, and the idea that certain cities and things have been around for quite a while. So there's a lot of scope there for stuff to have happened, basically. Um, <laughs> the uh, the land itself, though, is blighted by the encroachment of the auric wastes, which are a great sort of scar upon the middle of the continent, um, hundreds of miles across, uh, caused by a failed magical ritual in the distant past. Uh, well, it, I say distant past, back in the age of uh, arcane might. It's pretty distant, though. It's like, how long did it? I don't know. Uh, we came up with a 
I've got my timeline in front of oh me. And God, just, I can't do maths. Yeah. It's too late in the day. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> About 2,000 years or so back, I think, is uh, give or take. Um, basically, yeah, a decent chunk of time. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been a while. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, caused by uh, their huge sort of great scar uh, hundreds of miles across, caused by a failed magical ris- ritual. Uh, which kind of scoured away huge tracts of, you know, previously inhabitable and probably inhabited lands, uh, transforming them into this sort of inhospitable, kind of dangerous uh, desert that's kind of still crackling with unstable sort of magical energies after like even like many centuries, you know, travel in the waste is tricky. You know, there's mutations, there's weird creatures, there's, you know, it's it's not a it's not a, it's not a fun place. <laughs> so, um, Lots of high energy magic fields that you oh, don't yeah. want to step into. Definitely, yeah. Um, so the last little bit that I've kind of written again is uh, sort of Valana's ruled by the Inaran family, uh, who laid claim to the crown around 370 years before our current time frame, uh, when they were the victors of a vicious civil war called the Panacea War, which we also talked about on another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in more recent times, uh, about 67 years prior to our current current date, uh, the lands were plunged into a devastating war against the supernatural demonic forces of the archdemon Valgarath, who I don't know if I named when we did the demon war stuff, but, uh, you know, again, slamming, <laughs> slamming syllables together at three in the morning to make fantasy names, basically. Um, Hey, it works. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he sought to gain a foothold on the prime material plane, uh, but after seven years of war, he was defeated by the young prince, uh, Ajik. Uh, I've never said... I, it's another thing. I, I need to say names out loud. I don't know mm. whether to pronounce it uh, Ajik or Ajik or Ajik, you know, A-E-G-I-C. It looks good written down. Um, and Ajik, Ajik, yeah. That's Ajik, just- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got choices. I got, I got some choices. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was defeated by the young prince Asia Kanaran and his companions uh, within the ruins of the dwarven city of Orichheim, deep within the Auric wastes. And uh, less than ten years later, with the death of his father, Asia would go along to. I realize it sounds like AJ. <laughs> I was wondering for a second. That's if it not was on like, purpose. Oh, no, that's is not... this a self insert? No, it's, no, it's not on purpose. It really isn't. <laughs> I've got a self-insert character He's called Osmond, he's a bard <laughs> That's my self-insert You guys ran into him, he made a joke about ordering a pizza <laughs> Oh yes Yeah Good times. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, less than ten years after the end of that war, um, Ajik was uh, crowned king of Valana, and he's ruled the land wisely ever since for the last fifty sort of, odd years. Um, so that's pretty much what I've written as my kind of setting the scene sort of thing. We've obviously got huge amounts more detail to go into about basically everything. Uh, as I say, some of which we've talked about before, some of which we haven't even really scratched the surface, some of which I kind of came up with just then. Um, <laughs> I thought we'd kind of start, I mean, um, have you got anything that I've just mentioned that you want to kind of um, ask any questions about before, you know, right off the bat, anything that I said, was you were like, oh, okay, what's what's the deal with that? Oh, God, you put me on the spot. Yeah, sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's so hard to answer because so much of this that we've already talked about has kind of been me and you coming together to, to come mm. up with it. Um, no is the quick answer. Alrighty. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, 
I just thought, yeah, because I've, I've sort of thrown a few kind of um, new places and terms and things into the mix. I just wondered if there's anything that kind of jumped out as like, a, oh, okay, what's, you know, what was my thought process behind that? Or like, what could we jump on from that? But um, we did sort of talk about that a little bit as we were going through things, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, to, to sort of jump back then to where we, what we were saying before I kind of got into this, and it, I've kind of felt for a little while that we needed to sort of set the st- stage a little bit more um, mm-hmm. to give a bit of a sort of wider view of the world kind of thing. Um, I think a lot of listeners who, who've listened to these episodes before might have seen the um, the world map on our World Anvil page, um, which, again, I probably should have linked. <laughs> we, 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 we talked about it before, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can get to, by searching Pretending with Dice World Anvil, um, there's a, a world map of kind of our sort of main bit of our setting in um, Valana there. So people might have seen that, but nobody's really seen the sort of wider world map of the, of the planet sort of thing. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of time before I finish it anyway. So, yeah. I was I don't know what quite where I was going with the sentence to be honest. I to say, <laughs> yeah, we wanted to set set the stage. I might put up an early version of it just to be like, hey, here's where things are at just without all of the cool photo real textures that we've got on the other map. But um yeah, just something to refer yeah, to. Yeah, that'll be a lot of work if you do that. Yeah. Um uh, well, in terms of uh, like what we've already done with uh, Valana and oh sorry, and Valine in particular, uh, Valane, not Valine. Go. God, I've even practiced. <laughs> Before doing the bloody podcast, I sat down and I went, Valenay, 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 Valenay. And the second I come to say it naturally, it comes out as the wrong thing. Oh, I'm a dum-dum. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And because we've done so much about that area and the surrounding area of the Kingdom of Valana, and we talked all about the political ongoings with all of that kind of stuff, um, Hmm. did you want to pick one of the other continents, maybe, and deep dive on that and maybe set some stuff in stone, perhaps? Or was there anything on the continent that we've already kind of covered that you wanted to point towards in particular and flesh out more? Um, I think I'd rather look at the something like pick on something on one of the other continents as a, as an idea okay. of um, like a thing. So at least then we've come up with something a hundred percent new on this one, maybe because um, obviously we, we've kind of touched at least, um, you know, in, in one degree or another um, on the, the, the other nations of we we've pretty much touched on every other nation on a at least in some form when we did our mm-hmm. you know other nations bit um so i mean obviously there's a lot more to be fleshed out on all of them really but i yeah. think it'd be fun to come up with something a bit um you know sort of well new we've talked in broad strokes then about each of the different continents mm. and what the immediate thoughts on potential were um i think maybe a Nefanala or Pal Era would be the ones to sort of yeah. lean in towards as the ones where I think maybe we could like point it and say, right, this is what it's going to be. Mm. Um, which one's your preference? Because I mean, I'm, I've obviously suggested the um, the culture that is ruining its own coastline, as it were, and is <laughs> would have to have some sort of culture surrounding that. I suppose there would have to be some people that it's their duty to go out and salt the land and that kind of stuff. And there might be some interesting ritualistic things that could be spanned out of that. Or um, we could go towards the island tribes, the, the warring nations that have come to this sort of uneasy peace, even go beyond those, because obviously that's going to be one series of islands. There's a lot of islands. They're uncountable. Yeah. So, that in terms of potential is 
wide open i think you can really go for some extremes of like island nation culture can get to be very specific mm. so which one of the two I do mean, you think might be the more interesting to go towards i've got an idea actually i mean well, let, let's maybe look at the scorchland and felonar um I do, I do just want to twist on what on what we said about maybe you know people it, it was kind of as we were saying it, it was it was you know it was a good idea but i've i've kind of had this idea that this is my, you know, unable to give up the science thing kicking in. It, we're going to be hard pressed to have the whole continent being uh, like a, a fake scorched land, really. I suppose, unless um, you go further into some sort of there's there's a arcane technology powering this. I kind of, um, I've had that's a, a big thing to put in there. So. Yeah. I had a thought that maybe okay, so yeah, the, I, I like the idea of like the sort of um, sheltered valleys and things, you know, but maybe those are properly isolated even from each other, and maybe at one point it was a continent that was really sort of, you know, a bit more habitable, and it, it truly is like a scorch land sort of thing mm -hmm. at the top. Like I, I, I don't know quite what happened to it at this point. Um, but the the sort of the last survivors live in these kind of canyons and and things, and they they each group truly does think they are the last surviving people, maybe on the pole planet, and they're obviously wrong. Mm -hmm. But even within their own continent, they don't think there's anybody else there, and these they've gotten so self sufficient that um you know they've barely you know barely venture outside of their kind of um you know oases of you know sort of <laughs> deep canyons maybe maybe even underground sort of um I, I don't want to have it be like they're kind of bomb shelters but you know because then we're straying to fallout territory rather than skyrim cave networks but, um yeah <laughs> cave networks and and things of sort of if there was some sort of ongoing cataclysm i mean i, I sort of referenced before like the the world kind of had undergone something of a cataclysm before recorded history but you know, that's not to say that there wasn't anything else that went wrong. I mean, we've already talked about the one that caused the uh, the auric wastes. Mm -hmm. Perhaps something even on a larger scale kind of happened here. Maybe, maybe it was more of a kind of natural thing rather than a an arcane thing. Um, and the sort of people were forced to kind of, you know, a tiny fraction of them escaped into these sort of shelters and cave systems and like, oh, we'll hide down in the valley. You know, we'll be okay down there, and a lot a huge number of people did die in this cataclysm and but then these kind of isolated little kind of pockets remain and each one of them you know is a bit sort of um i don't know incredibly mistrustful of outsiders if outsiders ever turn up and almost refuse to believe that anybody else is out there sort of thing mm, they'd be very limited to some extent, in terms of, like, whenever the cataclysm, whenever the event occurred that drove the people into the canyons, that whatever the social status was, whatever the, the kind of cultural evolution, the point that it had gotten to would be kind of stopped there and would probably regress in many places. Hmm. So you've got a potential where there would be varying levels of culture between the different canyons. And that you could get down to like the difference between medieval to almost Stone Age, where certain places would have coped better. They might have had slightly better resources within their canyons, their oases. Yeah. 
and as a result, you could have some that are more hard-bitten, you could have some that are living quite idyllic lives, potentially, within the canyon. Mm. I've got the kind of visions, and it's not obviously not completely fitting for the circumstance, but the the war boys and that kind of stuff from uh, Mad Max <laughs> oh, no, totally. come to mind. Look, yeah. Look, we could just take away the we take away the engines, and it's fine, you know. Mm. <laughs> and uh, you would you would end up with the kind of perhaps there might be like death, like the the valley of the death cult, as it were. That these are the guys that live the hardest, most terrible lives, and it's mm. because they've lost their civilization, as it were. They've lost their capacity to sort of farm or use land, and instead they've just become a ravening horde. Yeah, yeah. Sort of led by whoever's the. <laughs> the weirdest muscle leather daddy out there, you know, sort of <laughs> the most mutated dude. Yeah, what's that guy's name in Mad Max Two? Humongous. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yeah, maybe that we won't go quite that far with it, but like, <laughs> no, I do like that idea though. That sort of, like you say, maybe there were kind of people who saw this cataclysm coming. And believe their leaders, and they put away, you know, you know, stores and breeding pairs of animals and things. So they've mm-hmm. been able to almost hang on to an almost normal life, even if they think that oh god, well we're the only ones who prepared, we're the only ones who were left, sort of thing. And that you know they're not, but they're, you know, the most sort of comparable in terms to the rest of the world, uh, or at least you know Valana and that in terms of keeping on to some sort of society. You know, it's going to be affected. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, as we've seen in any number of uh, Star Trek episodes, um, (laughs) but yeah, they're going to be at least on a technological level, maybe a little bit closer, or maybe that there is a sort of a kind of um, look into a sort of dark possibility of like they're so insulated that they were forced to go full full fascist to Mm. hang on to very authoritarian regime, yeah. Everyone you know, has their place and you fit into that or you die, basically. They know the resources are scarce, so nobody can question the... Um, I, I keep, I'm trying to steer away from fallout terms, but the overseer or whatever. The overseer chooses rations. It's, the overseer, it's you a know. village chief. It's, it's there. Like, there's always an analogue for the mm. person in charge. Like, Yeah. And so, I mean, again, I'm trying not to let it be coloured by the fact I'm rereading 1984 at the moment as well. <laughs> but... Again, and then there's a sort of bit of like our valley has always been at war with the other valley sort of thing. And I can imagine that in terms of like just the way that it would work logistics wise, if you've got like the the death cult that I've already described, the the ones that are going to go out raiding, uh, this is going to happen at night because if the land itself is still being baked, mm-hmm. then going out onto that surface level during the day is a death sentence, and the only time would be during the night to travel. And that these, if if the raiding parties are aware of this and the fact that they've got a night to succeed or fail, it's almost like every one of their missions would be a suicide mission. That they they would fight with animalistic rage, and that they would have this reputation of like, if you see if there is any hint of light or any kind of movement within the darkness, then prepare because it's going to be them. Because yeah. the only thing that comes out at night are those guys. And that could almost be like a, a legend, a, a nasty bedtime story to teach the kids, like, look, mm. you've got to take things seriously because like, everything outside this valley is out to get you. I, I, I've had the thought as well of, like, maybe as bad as all this is, and this, you know, it is a terrible place and that, 
um they're all so inward looking as well that they haven't realized that further out west is not quite as bad <laughs> do you know what i mean so if they like they they can only get so far in a day or so's travel because they know you know the daytime is mm. bad but if they just put together enough supplies if they got like a if they got four or five days away to the west some of them you know there's there's plants growing again there's trees you know mm. it's still a bit it's still you know there's scrubland to begin with or whatever and then you start to see trees you start to see things and by the time you're I don't know, five hundred to a thousand miles inland. You know, things are things are basically back to being a temperate kind of continent, sort of thing. You know, and um, and because nobody's living there, you know, it's all kind of untouched. I keep using the word untouched, but you know what I mean. It's sort of yeah, unspoiled sort of thing. And so, like paradise is just over the hill, but mm. you don't have the sense to even think of going yeah. over the hill. That's the tragedy, sort of thing. You know, you don't want to. They don't want to give up what they've got so much so that they don't even look to see what's right. Almost, you know, just outside of reach. If they just reach that little bit further, mm-hmm. they could have so much better life. But instead, they're all stuck, sort of in this kind of. I'm not saying they'd all be like, you know, authoritarian hellhole valleys, but you know what I mean. The, the, yeah, you I know, imagine many of them would be thriving necessarily yeah, with yeah. the kind of setup that's possible. Mm. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, no, I, I like of... all of that as, a, as an idea in terms of like that's a pretty. You could have a very large space, which is what that continent is, that is covered in pockmarks almost of like these little dots of humanity. Mm. And that within that is almost like you wouldn't even necessarily have one death cult. This could just be like, yeah, there's, there's the, the places that go bad. The 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 ones where eventually, like, oh, yeah, we used to trade with them two generations ago, but something happened, and now all that comes from that place is raging barbarians yeah. that are coming to take our stuff. Like they used to be more reasonable, but then a real asshole took over, and mm-hmm. anybody who had, you know, was a bit more diplomatic was cast out, or you know, just straight yeah, some, killed. Some and... problem kid grew up to kill the village leader and took power, mm. and everything went wrong from there yeah. because that kid had no idea what he was doing and was literally just a thug. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of scope there for this kind of interesting thing, and I, I like I like the idea. I mean, we we'll probably know we you know we may never get there on the podcast or whatever, but just as a concept of like people from so you know you know, Valana rocking up and being like, hey, let's have a look around all this place. Oh, well, there's a nice valley down there. And I'm trying to imagine what Prontz's reaction would be of them going, who are you people? There are no others outside. Only the people of the, you know, the, the, the evil people from the next valley. You must be them. And you're like, but, but I bought pork. I brought pork for people. <laughs> Pocket pork. He'd rock some prestidigitation <laughs> yeah. at a very low level. He'd make some purple dust yeah. and really think that he was about to impress them. And it probably wouldn't impress at all. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot to build on there as like a concept of like, again, even if it's just like, a, you know, write a story or whatever at some point or something. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, do, I like the idea of like, the, you know, the, the sort of the tragedy of like they 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 spend generation upon generation fighting over meager scraps, meager bits that they can, you know, they've got such limited farming capacity or whatever and that and the tragedy is that maybe five days travel would get them out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and perhaps even to some extent for the ones that are further away from that area, like a, a joint effort between the more civilized 
canyons would mm. allow them to sort of pool resources and effort and everything and create a network that could transport people from further away to yeah. this better land but no they can't see it i can't help but think of the the kind um, of thing where oh sorry i was gonna say i can't help but think of like the crab bucket thing of like Mm -hmm. they keep pulling each other you know somebody just about to kind of escape and the others pull them back down sort of thing this is the this is the depressing tragic continent well it's a place that's ultimately waiting for a hero to rise because all it takes is somebody to recognize the potential and to actually unite them are you saying that somebody is bronze (laughs) <laughs> I was not thinking that in the slightest. No. <laughs> I, I was thinking some some young whippersnapper from one of those canyons reads the right runes and figures yeah. out something, recognizes something, and like finds a map or something, and is like, "Hmm, I can see that once upon a time we were all the united people." That yeah. kind of thing. Oh, I like that. I like that as an idea of like it's like you say, it's just waiting for the right person to come along and, and put an end to the mess, basically. That's it. Maybe they can't fix the land that's all, you know, screwed up sort of thing. Maybe it's, oh, okay, and not to get too real, but maybe it's like, maybe there was like some kind of proto-atomic thing happened or something. So it literally is just like a radioactive wasteland. Mm. And again, I'm trying to stay clear of Fallout, but like, I'm trying to think (laughs) what would keep the land bad for that long, basically, is what I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, it's either arcane or you go in that direction of like, yeah. okay, there's 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 baseline just raw radiation, like yeah. technolo- technological radiation, as it were, from our science. Our uh, science, so, yeah. Somebody, <laughs> it was fine until somebody invented a nuclear bomb a little bit ahead of everybody else on the planet, <laughs> and then it worked so well they invented fifty more of them and accidentally set them all off along the coastline. <laughs> <laughs> And then nobody ever scienced again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I maybe don't want to go down the nuclear bomb route <laughs> in our fun fantasy d d setting. It's, it's the kind of thing where I was thinking in terms of, like, how do, how do you maintain, as it were, this this scorched land? It's, it's the kind of thing where it could just be that there's, like, a, a arcane magnifying glass of sorts over the continent that, like, somebody cast some kind of spell that's created a lens over the place mm. and that's just magnifying the sun well we did actually i i did mention it when i was doing the thing actually as a possibility that maybe maybe we go with the fact that it's like this is the land of the dragons mm. like they were driven yeah. out of because we've already talked about the dragon slayers in a and that maybe there's been sort of a similar thing of like the the worst of the drag like the dragon lord or what I don't know we you know <laughs> but the the dragons were kind of driven out of various places and they ended up here and like that's why people only travel at night is because if you go in the day you're going to get seen by a dragon <laughs> and it, it creates more of a reason why they wouldn't ever try and even go to a better place mm. in terms of just like well if there is a better place then that's surely where the dragons chill out yeah and i'm thinking sort of rain of fire style dragons you know what i mean um mm-hmm. that's you know because that that it's been 20 years since i watched that film but i mean the um the landscape in that was all like burnt up and destroyed and everything wasn't it Oh yeah, the, the yeah. humanity was pretty much on its last legs in that movie, yeah. if memory serves. So maybe we pivot into this part, of the co- <laughs> like that side of the continent is the Reign of Fire bit. That's also goes for why it's the Scorchlands because it's literally like you see bo- boats rock up and the dragon comes up and is just like burning. You're like, well, maybe we don't 
land there okay. <laughs> you know so th th this is where we send the level 20 characters there. <laughs> yeah. yeah this is the high level area you know <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, no, i like that this is a, yeah this is where you go for the, that end game loot and raids and things as <laughs> <laughs> uh, a possibility a i do like it yeah okay um i feel like yeah we, we we've got a lot to build on there i think Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have this be the episode where we come up with something for every continent because I feel like we could spend a lot of time um, on each one. That maybe you know, well, obviously we've spent almost fourteen episodes just on one corner of <laughs> yeah. of Adrian. So I mean, there's plenty of scope there to be like, okay, we're going to talk about this continent for a couple of episodes, or we're going to talk about this continent for a couple of episodes. Um, it's all very granular. We we yeah. go from the world to the continents to the countries to the places to the people. Hmm. And then it's circumstance and it all spins out from there. And that's so many different levels of a complete imagination, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, then, I mean, we can um, we can do um, we, we will definitely come back and do much more in-depth stuff um, at a later date. But I, I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to give a bit of a sort of re. They were I don't know what, what should we call this? Like, because we haven't really talked about Valana, really. But I was going to call it Valana a reintroduction, but that's not really the thing, is it? It's sort of um, the wider world of Altea or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An, an overview of Altea. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Listeners will already know because this this will be the title of the episode. <laughs> um, He's behind the curtain once again. Yeah, I ever. mean, look, the curtain is flapping all over the place today and I, we might as well straight up say we're recording this four hours before the episode goes live as well which is possibly the closest we've gotten to a, mm -hmm. <laughs> a live turnaround episode, yeah. um that is 100 down to my poor planning but um yeah i know I, I i i'm a big fan of some of the stuff we've come up with today i think there's a lot to work with and um yeah yeah, totally. I'm interested if anybody's got any reaction to this. Obviously, give us your reaction. I'm, I'm curious to know if any of it is so... Mm. Especially if... if <laughs> I, I invite critique, ultimately. But if any of it is so on the nose in terms like, you can't just copy that, then yeah, say it. And <laughs> like, maybe we can tweak things a little bit oh, and steer yeah, away no. a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think that ultimately we do that. That like we, it, It's hard not to touch upon certain themes and mm. tropes when covering this kind of stuff and that this is becoming slowly its own unique world but it is these especially in the broadest strokes like we were talking about with sort of giving countries and continents like i don't know traits as it were like you have to follow rules to some extent but once we get beyond that and we start tweaking things i think it's becoming more and more itself yeah if you know and what I, mean. I think we've got our heads like fairly screwed on when it comes to like not being blatantly stealing stuff like i'm always that, that's something i'm always on the lookout like oh is this a thing i've seen before because i don't want that like like you say i don't want people to ever be able to point at it and go well you've just stolen that from that mm. you know i want it to at least have a, a slight sliver of originality in it even if it's just putting our own twist on something else sort of thing i mean when, when we're talking about the um the uh what do you call the grand arcanium I was very conscious of like I don't want this to just be like here's unseen university, you know. Yeah, and it wasn't. That's that's not what we came up with at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, like I, say, like I feel like we're, we're 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 quite conscious of like okay, we want this to be its own thing, even if it's like you say, touching on familiar tropes and things, and you know, have a, having a sort of. I'd, I'd like it to be a kind of what do I want to say, like a comforting familiarity, but it is its own thing. Like, you know, 
yeah, it's not alien. It's it's not no because there are RPGs out there for that kind of thing, and I'm I'm into some of that kind of stuff. Like um, Numenara is mm. incredibly alien at times and just really bizarre for the point of being bizarre, and that has its place. But that's not what we're doing here. I think that it's very much trying to set the scene for like. Here are places where stories can happen. Here are yeah. here are locations with potential. Definitely, yeah. That's that's how I'm looking at it. It's like, okay, we're we're hitting a lot of familiar fantasy tropes, I think, and we've given ourselves and I, and that, that's the point of this episode is to give it a sort of wider scope of like, for you know, how long's the podcast been going? We're coming up on four years. It's going to be end of May, mm. um, even though we haven't been playing D and D that whole time. Or basically all of our D&D stuff has been within a, a more, tra- would you say, a more sort of mainstream, traditional, Forgotten realm style fantasy setting. Yeah, um, I would so say so. I, th- I feel like I want to widen that. This episode has all been about widening that out and putting that in context and going, here's some other stuff. We don't know what's there yet, you know, mm-hmm. to me. But um, anyway, but I feel like... People have to let us know what they think. Yes, I feel like we're yeah that's a, that's a good place to, to wrap up as always people can find our page on world anvil i think we we figured out last time the easiest way to do it is by googling world anvil pretending with dice mm-hmm. <laughs> um that'll get you right to it that'll get you there um uh if you got anything you want to plug before i attempt to remember off off the top of my head my usual ending thing because i haven't got my regular script in front of me <laughs> yeah why not um i am on uh Twitter at Monkey Magic Eden. Uh, you can also find me and a bunch of other people, including AJ and people from uh, the Penance RPG, uh, playing Jackbox games most Saturdays from 6 p.m. Mm. Um, I usually start streaming at 3 p.m. And again, you can find me on Twitch at Monkey Magic Eden. In fact, it's probably not got at in front of it, it's just Monkey Magic Eden. Um, and yeah, I, I play Clone Hero, which is a Guitar Hero thing, and uh, ruin my fingers and give, give future me arthritis every Saturday from 3pm. Oh, it's a risk killer. It really is. Oh, it's it's crazy. And I'm getting some absurd levels with some of those songs where I, I really do play things now where I think back on playing it once upon a time and just being like, nah, that wasn't possible. And it's like, no, it's a breeze to me now. I just fly through those things. I mean, I, I've even been doing that. Like, I, I played a fair amount last night and i was going back to even tracks that when i installed clone hero a, few, a couple of months ago after you know you told me about it i was mm. going back and i was adding 30 40 000 onto my high scores last night and i was like wow i haven't even really been playing that much you know yeah it, it just clicks but yeah. anyway enough about clone hero anyway, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can catch me playing that if you're curious on saturdays from 3 p.m then jackbox which you can join in with you are yes. welcome to join us for the games on jackbox it's a party game thing just google it if you don't know what it is it's a bunch of silly things where you draw things you tell jokes you come up with raps you there's a whole bunch of different things that we play we haven't done and the rapping yeah. one for a couple of weeks but indeed yeah. well some people seem to do really badly at that they just don't know what meter is <laughs> that's, at all. That, that's what gets me i'm not throwing anybody in particular under the bus here but um yeah god like it, do people not know when lines don't scan i mean there's only a certain number of people who play that game with us so apologies to- <laughs> critique of any of yeah. the regulars this is the ones where i like, honestly i think we've had a couple of drop in drop out type people where it's just been like what 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 are you trying to say here what what was the rap in your right yeah. in your mind like how did that beat go <laughs> again we're anyway, not here to yeah. throw anybody under the bus but it's a lot of fun um so yeah join us on saturdays for that uh as for the podcast though as always uh you can find us on facebook uh twitter and instagram all of which we're at pretend with dice uh we have a ko-fi page ko-fi slash uh, dot com slash i have logged out so it's not taking me to my page 
Uh, I'm not going to bother editing this either. Uh, ko-fi.com slash pretending with dice. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard and you feel the spirit move you to check us some of your hard-earned currency bits. Not bits as in Bitcoin. I'm not into that weird crypto shit. Um, if you feel like chucking us some of your credits in your local currency of choice, feel free to do it. Uh, and as always, we'd love for you to join us all. No, I can't talk at all today. I really can't. Ah, you're good, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> as always we'd love for you to join us on our discord uh server um the links to which are in our twitter bio and in the contact page of our podbean site or is it the about page oh i don't know this is a real question because it's been a few weeks since i've recorded this and i can't remember let's find out on the Contact page. Oh, it's also on the sidebar. I forgot I did that. Go to our Podbean site and find that. Uh, all the links, basically, the best place to go to probably there is our Twitter page, um, at Pretend With Dice. This has been the longest, most rambling, stupid ending for a while. So I'm glad um, I'm glad you were here to share it with me. <laughs> been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll be back next week, uh, I think, with another interview next week. Um, as you can tell by the the thing of uh, us recording this right before it went live, my schedule um, is uh, a little up in the air. But uh, hey, yeah, join us. Uh, it's not even next week, is it? God, Matt, I need to sleep. My <laughs> my brain. Um, let's just sign off. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. See you later.